Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, everybody. This is Gail from the Readerly Report. And today I'm going to do a solo episode as Nicole and I have ramped up the frequency of our recordings. Uh, We have found that sometimes it's hard for us to find a mutually convenient time for us to record. So when that happens, rather than skip an episode, what we're going to be doing is doing some solo shows. So I know you that you had one from Nicole a week ago, and now I'm here to record one as well. Today, I'm going to talk about something that we have covered on the show before, but not recently. And I thought it was time to revisit it because life changes so much. And that topic is, how do we find out about books to read? How do we learn about new books? How do we, you know, add to our already groaning TBR lists? And, you know, what sources out there maybe are ones you might be interested in that you haven't tried before or that are emerging or, you know, maybe you just didn't think about. So I'm going to talk a little bit about how I find out about new books and kind of update what I have said in the past. Probably the most consistent places for me to learn about new books, podcasts, bookstagram, and book talk. And book talk is T-O-K. So that's the hashtag book talk on TikTok. So I'll start with podcasts. Um, You know, Nicole and I have been recording for a long time. Uh, We probably been doing this, God, I don't know, six years, five years of doing the book podcast. Um, But it seems like in the last year or two, there's been an explosion in book podcasts. There's lots and lots of book podcasts out there. So if you're interested in books and reading and you like to listen to podcasts, and you've got time to, you know, spend with AirPods in your ear, then I really recommend checking out the world of book podcasts. There's a lot of different ones out there. There are some like ours that tend to focus on, you know, generally on fiction, generally on literary fiction, but not entirely. There's lots of times we talk about other stuff. We talk a lot about thrillers, talk about memoirs, um, some nonfiction contemporary fiction. So there's obviously our podcast, um, but there's lots of other really good ones out there. Some of my favorites are Sarah's Bookshelves Live, TBR, etc. Currently Reading. There's some other ones that I've kind of recently added to my list, which I'm going to be checking out over the next couple of weeks and seeing if any of those will be added to the rotation. You know, it's hard sometimes to find time to listen to podcasts, especially book podcasts, I feel like require a lot of attention. You want to, you know, be able to focus, you want to be able to jot down or otherwise remember books that you hear about. I tend to do a lot of my book podcast listing when I run. So that's kind of my my book podcasting time. But yeah, I think book podcasts are a great way to learn about books when you find a host or a guest or somebody who seems to be a kindred soul, a book twin, as it's often called, then, you know, going back every week or every couple of weeks to check in on that podcast. It's a great way to learn about new stuff. And does not always just new stuff. It could be, you know, backlist. It could be classics, but it may be new to you or just a book that you've heard about, but didn't want to take a chance on until you heard someone talk about it. So book pod- podcasts are really a great way 
to learn about new books. Bookstagram too is really, for me, the main reason I use Instagram at this point. I would say that you know, 75 to 80% of the book content or or the regular content on my Instagram feed is related to books. So um, I recommend, you know, great ways to find out about bookstagrammers is to just follow the hashtag bookstagram or Instabook um, and just start following people who are posting about books that either you read and liked or books that you're intrigued by or people who just, you know, you can click on their profile and look at their wall, you know, their archive of posts and see whether it looks like, you know, generally are they reading and reviewing books that you like, or, you know, if there's a book you really didn't like, did they give it a great review or did they agree with you? Um, so, you know, I think it's a great way. I, I post um, pictures on Instagram every time I review a book. Um, I use a lot of hashtags, but one of them is dogs and books or books and dogs. Cause I always post a picture of the book with my dog. Uh, I am at G Y Swasser. That's G W E I S W A S S E R. And I've learned about some great bookstagrammers who have followed me or liked my posts. And then I, you know, I can see on Instagram who's liked my posts and then I click through and click follow them back. So I find out about lots and lots of great books through Bookstagram, and uh, I highly recommend it as a good way to, you know, expand your reading horizons a bit. Um, Book talk is new-ish, uh, just as TikTok is new-ish, but um, Book talk also has really exploded. Um, and the best way to find book talkers is to just search for the hashtag Book Talk B O O K T O K. Um, I have learned about lots of great stuff through book talk. And I like that the videos are usually really short. So it's somebody either talking or not even talking. Maybe it's just text on the screen. But, um, you know, I, I, I find also that people, for whatever reason, are a little less, um, I know they're a little more honest on book talk, maybe than they are on bookstagram. Bookstagram, it's, it's hard to find a negative review. Or somebody who's you know willing to kind of go out on a limb and say they didn't like a book, whereas on Book Talk, I've, I've noticed that people seem to be very willing to say, "Ah, eh, this book wasn't as great." Um, or sometimes there are you know videos that are like you know five books that were not worth the hype, or sometimes it's five underrated books, or five of my favorite books, or the five books I read in September, and then people will say, you know, "I liked this one, I didn't like that one." So for whatever reason, there's just seems to be more honesty and a little less like curation or a little less, um, I don't know, positive, <laughs> positive content on book talk, which I, I'm always okay with that. And um, I don't know, I find TikTok to be an incredibly addictive space anyway. And so when you throw book content in there, I'm going to just be even more like addicted. So um, check out book talk. I used to post on book talk a while ago. And I created some videos and it took me forever to do them. I'm just not like a great video editor. And so I stopped, but I'm kind of rethinking it. I might jump back in at some point. So I would say, follow me. I think I'm GY Swasser on BookTok also, or GY Swasser on TikTok. But um, again, I think I only have like six or seven videos and they're really old. I think I did them during the pandemic and they're they're definitely outdated. So, but I do find that people 
keep following me and liking those posts. So it just shows you there's a, a strong, healthy ab- appetite out there for book talk video. Okay, so those would be like my top three podcasts, Bookstagram, and Book Talk. But there's lots of other things. So if you're not into Book Talk or TikTok and you're not really an Instagram person or even a podcast person, here are some other places that you can go to get great book content. So, um, of course, there's blogs. I still keep up my blog. I've been doing my blog since 2006. It is now 2022. That is um, a long time to be <laughs> to be writing on a blog. Um, and I still post everything on a blog. That's like my main place. That's where I post everything. And then I cut and paste from my blog to Bookstagram and I cut and paste to Facebook. But my blog is really where everything lives. And I know people who only follow me because of my blog and they only follow the blog. They don't follow me on social media. So, you know, blogs are definitely not like the shiny object that they were 20 years ago. Um and not even what they were 10 years ago. And I think in many ways, they really have been supplanted by some of these other platforms. But there's still lots of people blogging, lots of people who use blogs as their primary place. Um, There's people I follow um, that I've sort of discovered through their blogs, Novel Visits, Gilmore Guide to Books, um, you know, many, many other bloggers out there that are still blogging. Most people who blog will still post their content on social media. So you can find it that way too. But I tend to just sign up for email notifications for blogs that I'm interested in because I really don't use like blog readers anymore. And I keep up with them that way as well. So if I'm not, you know, getting their email newsletter, then maybe I'm seeing their updates on Facebook or Bookstagram. But I'm often finding myself back at their blogs over time. And my blog is every day I write the book. I've been blogging there forever. Um, and so you can always find my stuff there. But again, I do try to post all that stuff on um, Bookstagram and on my personal Facebook page. And then I try to remember to post it on my blog Facebook page, but I forget to do that a lot because who can remember all this stuff? It's just a lot. So anyway, um, you can always find, you know, great blogs out there. They're still alive. Um, and then... I would say that the rest of my blog inputs are um, coming from kind of a mishmash of places. I highly recommend um, Book Reporter, uh, which is a great website. Carol, It's run by Carol Fitzgerald. She talks to gazillions of authors and um, reviews books. She has guests on her blog all the time. She interviews them. She also does a monthly uh, webinar, I guess is what I would call it, because you just kind of dial in and, and watch. It's, um, you know, on Zoom. It's not uh, it's not interactive because you can't actually see the other people there. But she does it once a month. It's called Bookachino Live, kind of like Cappuccino, but Bookachino. And um, she's always got like the next month of new releases coming out. And she just lets you know what they are. And she covers um, fiction, historical fiction, nonfiction like memoirs and thrillers. And she's usually got about maybe 20 to 25 books each month where she's just letting you know that they're coming out, when they're coming out. And then a little bit of a teaser for the month ahead. And then she'll, you know, cut it off and then you can register for the next one. And if you can't make it, they're usually on Wednesdays at 2 p.m., which for some people is a good time and some people is a horrible time. That's Eastern time, 2 p.m. Eastern. 
Um, if you can't make it, it's not a big deal. Usually within two or three days, she sends out a video so you can um, watch the uh, video of the webinar, you know, whenever it's convenient for you. You miss a little bit when you don't do it live because you miss, there's oftentimes like a contest where she's going to do a book giveaway and you have to be on the live stream in order to do that. And then you miss whatever comments and commentary people are adding to the chat. But other than that, it's really not a big deal to miss it live. So if that is on a convenient time, I would still recommend signing up because you'll get the uh, recording later. But she's a really great source of, of new books. Um, I also like to just browse bookstores. I'm sure you do too, if you're listening to the show. Um, if you have a good indie bookstore in your hometown or when you're traveling, that's one of my favorite things to do when I travel, I go to a new place, always check out the indie bookstore. I always discover books in bookstores. Sometimes it's in the staff picks uh, on the bookshelves. Sometimes it's just my own browsing, but I always discover good stuff that way. And when I'm in the bookstore, I always grab a copy of the Indie Next List. So the Indie Next List comes out every month, and it is a list that is compiled from booksellers, independent booksellers, who basically share with the Indie Next List what they're looking forward to. So, um, or, you know, what, what one book they want to highlight. And they also identify who the bookseller is that recommended it. So it's kind of fun to see names of booksellers from around the country, cool sounding bookstore names. Um, so Indie Next List, you can usually find, um, it's passed out for free in the bookstore. You can also find it online. So it's I-N-D-I-E, like independent bookstore. Um, that's a really great source of new books. And they also will tell you what's new in paperback and as well Book Reporter. So Book Reporter is great for Bookachina Live, but there's also tons of other content on the uh, Book Reporter website, including new paperbacks. Sometimes when Nicole and I are researching a show, like we're doing an upcoming paperback show, or we are, um, you know, what's winter preview or things like that, um, I will often start with um, Book Reporter or the Indie Next list to help me fill out those lists. Um, I also get a gazillion emails every day that have to do with books. So uh, I, I get pitched books from publicists all the time. Um, and honestly, they're like, I get so many of them every day that I just tend to delete them because it's impossible to keep up with them. But in addition to those emails, I'm also on a bunch of publisher lists. So I get emails about upcoming books from all the big publishing houses, from some of the independent publishing houses. Um, sometimes they are, you know, offering books for review, but usually they're not, they're just, you know, Hey, this book is coming out or, Hey, here's our, you know, exciting books this winter. If it comes from a publisher, I obviously take it a bit with a grain of salt because these are marketing emails and, um, they're going to push their books and, you know, they're not necessarily including, uh, objective reviews of their books, but it's still a great way just to find out what those books are. So I, you know, I, I try not to delete that stuff without reading it. I try to at least glance at it and see if it's something that I might want to, um, you know, I might want to read or might want to add to my library hold list or my TBR list on Goodreads. Uh, so yeah, my inbox is like a, definitely a source of lots of book discovery. Uh, and it's a little overwhelming sometimes because there's just so much of it. So, um, 
you know, I would say it's not the most effective way to reach me for books because there's too much and I often just have to delete it. But I do find some gems in there sometimes. Um, I also still read the print newspaper. It's crazy. Um, I am lucky to live in Washington, D.C. We have a great newspaper, the Washington Post, and we have a really, really good book review um, section at the Post. And in fact, it used to have a standalone section every Sunday called Book World, and then it went away for many, many years, probably like 10 years, and it's back. So I'm kind of excited that we now have Book World back in the Washington Post. So um, I've got Book World, and then there's usually a review and at least one or two reviews in every daily print edition of the Post. And I, uh, I do, you know, I, I definitely follow that pretty closely, and they are a great source for um, book recommendations. I used to read the New York Times book review. I don't anymore. I just, it's too much. I just can't. <laughs> just you know, there's a limit. So, um, also there's some magazines I get real simple, which usually has pretty good, um, book reviews. Uh, I used to get the print edition of entertainment weekly, which had great book reviews. And sadly the print edition of entertainment weekly has gone away and it's all digital. And I don't really go seeking out the book reviews on EW anymore. So that's sad, but, um, real simple has good ones. And I know there's other magazines out there with good book reviews. So, um, you know, that's like old media, but it's still a good way to find out about books. So that's pretty much the list. It's a lot. I feel like I spend more time learning about books than I do actually reading them, which is um, a problem. It's something I'm trying to work on. But as these platforms have proliferated, I find that like my time spent researching and learning about books is now like vastly outweighing the time I spend reading them. It's not good. And it's probably a reason for my book slump because when I get in bed and I should be reading my book at night, I go on TikTok instead because I just, it's irresistible. And then half of that stuff is book related content. So anyway, that's a topic for another day. Um, I thought I would mention a few places where I do not find books um, or I do not find particularly helpful to learn about books. Um, one of them is Goodreads. Goodreads for me um, serves a really different purpose. It is, um, a place where I share my reviews and I keep track of the books I've read and where I also keep track of books I want to read, but it's not a place for book discovery for me. I, I don't, there's too much there. There's too much, um, I don't know. I'm connected to a number of people through Goodreads, but I just find that like, it's kind of random. I don't really know who they are. Um, and so I don't spend a lot of time looking at like what my Goodreads friends are reading. I do, however, use Goodreads to look up reviews. So once I have found a book I'm interested in, I will always check out the Goodreads reviews. And I certainly will do that after I finish books. I'm always really curious to see if my views are in line with other people. So Goodreads plays a big role in my life, but it's not, um, one of book discovery. Uh, I, do you get emails from some of the other sites like Libro FM or um, the, um, what is it, bookshop.org? Uh, I I get that stuff. Uh, it's also kind of overwhelming and I don't always um, use that for book discovery. Although I do get the reviewer emails about audio review copies from Libro FM. And I learn about books that way as well. More often than not, Libro is 
asking me if I want to review an audio book. And it's more oftentimes than not, it's a book I've already heard about, but it's, it's still super helpful because then if I'm interested in the book, I'll download the review copy. So, um, yeah, so Goodreads, not so much. And, uh, I guess that's it. I think I, for me, that's kind of scorching the earth on all the various book content out there. Oh, I forgot a major one. And this is an obvious one. Word of mouth, huge. I have lots of friends who are great readers and many who read more than I do. And um, they are a really great source of, of book recommendations for me. My, my In Real Life Book Club, and Nicole, my podcast partner, great source of reviews. So I you know, definitely talk to people about books all the time, often asking my friends, what are you reading now? What's been good? What was your favorite book last year? So I learn about a lot of books that way, but I guess that kind of goes without saying. That is this week's show. Hopefully this was helpful in expanding your book horizons a little bit. And I'd love to hear about where you find out about books and you know what are your go-to sources. So if you want, leave us a comment. You can leave us a comment on our blog, The Readerly Report, or on Instagram and let us know. Where are you getting your book recommendations and, you know, do you tend to agree with me or am I off the mark on some of this stuff? Let me know. And until next time, happy reading. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Readerly Report. You can find all of our shows on iTunes or at thereaderlyreport.com. Please join our Facebook group, Readerly Report Readers, where you can talk to other listeners about their reading life. You can also find Nicole at NicoleBonia.com and me, Gail, at EverydayIWriteTheBookBlog.com. Finally, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes and told your book-loving friends about us. Thanks.